Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by, in his house near Beckenham, South London, Paul Doolan. Hello. And live from the northwest of England, near Altrincham, just outside of Manchester, Dave Watson. Good knowledge. Hello, boys proud of my geographical knowledge and me just in case you need to know i am recording from st lucia no um <laughs> from uh also from southeast london yeah how how are you coping paul uh i'm all right really. i'm missing football more i watched on saturday afternoon i was bored and watched the official fifa video for italia 90 let's get in serious withdrawal I tried watching one of those because I think they're on Amazon Prime, aren't they? Yeah, they're all shot on film and they're sort of quite racially insensitive. (laughs) Right. I find like they're films made by people who don't like football. Yeah. So sort of romantically shot that you don't, you're really able to appreciate the actual goals. No. Have you have you ever seen the um like the, the documentary that Leeds released? It was just like it was a I don't know seven hour long advert for Leeds United, and it almost felt like a corporate pr- presentation rather than an actual documentary. The I'm not going to get into it because I know you'll mock me, but the Netflix um, Sunderland documentary is much more warts and all, and it's more compelling for it. I do I've need to it. watch that. It's really good. I love it. But here's, I mean, to say this early on in a Newcastle United-themed podcast is risky, but I find myself getting caught into it and uh, wanting Sunderland to do well. (laughs) I I go the other way. I very open to it. Really look forward to when the wheels come off, because I know they do. So it's just enjoyable. Like there's a there's a glorious scene where um, the owner, what's his name? Not not Charlie Methvin, the other one. I can't remember his name. Stuart, Stuart something. Stuart Donald Stuart Stuart, Stuart Donald. Donald. Yeah, he. I was um, going to say Stuart. Love it, but I think that's who Michael who dealt with Michael Barrymore's house. <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene on like. Um, uh, deadline day and everybody's telling the owner 
Like Will Grigg is not worth more than one one million pounds. Everybody's telling him. Like the the manager's saying it. Like the manager said, oh, "I want Will Grigg, but he's not worth more than a million quid." Everybody's telling him, and he just gets caught in the like the excitement of Jim White's yellow tie, and he ends up paying three some million pounds for Will Grigg, and then Will Grigg pays four. Is it? I don't think. I mean, is there, has there ever been a player in the history of football whose value has been more increased by a chant? <laughs> Probably no. not. No. The only one who might come close, I would say, is Sean Gota. I think Sean Gota's career was. Uh, vastly enhanced by the, the chant um, feed the goat and he will score I think Manchester City fans loved that song so much that it led them to love him I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disagree yeah. I would say in this time of lockdown if any listeners have recommendations for sports documentaries or how to get oh, yes, a please. fix please yeah. tell us sure. yeah. I'm very excited about there's a new Michael Jordan one on Netflix that's supposed to be very good that came out today so I'm excited to watch that I do have a recommendation of a sports documentary the Sunderland Till I Die one is really good it's sort of a sports one but it's about a lot more the OJ Made in America one which is on BBC iPlayer is I've seen that it's about 10 hours isn't it yeah, I would. I, it's 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 about ten hours, and me and my girlfriend went to watch it all in one day in the cinema. <laughs> it is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And if you like cricket, I really enjoyed the Test, which is a documentary series on Amazon about the Australian cricket team coming oh. back from. Uh, the, the scandals of a couple of years ago. It was my attempt. Um, I thought I was coping really well during this whole situation. I thought I was doing really well. And then yesterday, uh, at lunchtime, I poured myself a large vodka and orange juice. And, uh, and I baked a loaf of something called Korean egg bread. Already sounds like a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, it occurred to me as as I waited for the Korean egg bread to come out of the oven. I thought, oh, maybe I'm not doing that well. Actually, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm in trouble here. Well, um, I'm I'm currently working my way through all the Marvel films in order, and the wife is working her way through Made in Chelsea in order. So that's how. Our lock-in is going Separate rooms I think that's a good technique though Separate rooms as often as possible Yeah yeah. <laughs> Even if you love someone Separate rooms Yeah You're not wrong uh, what was it Moving on <laughs> Okay alright fair enough <laughs> So um, I'm trying to think of a way To connect the phrase separate rooms Into the big news story because they're actually the reason why we've come back we couldn't not come back because there actually is a big news story brewing around Newcastle United Football Club. Uh, it looks like I mean, do we want to jinx it? But David, looks like the takeover could well be going ahead. Am I right? Yeah, and I think it's right to retain a little bit of caution because 
it is still Mike Ashley doing the selling. But from what I've read and from what I understand, the like the money's changed hands. The depo- a deposit has been paid from the buyers to Ashley, and the Premier League has started the uh, owners and directors test for the the parties that are going to be involved, uh, which are the Ruben Brothers, um, PIF, which is um, a Saudi investment firm, and Amanda Staveley. Um, they say that it could take uh, three to four weeks. Um, apparently, it started like last week um, or earlier. I'm not sure, um, but it could be. Yeah, it's it. By all accounts, it looks like it's going ahead. Um, obviously, heard nothing from Mike Ashley or NUFC as an entity, but that's nothing new. We rarely hear from him. We're not hearing anything from the other side. Um, other than what I can assume are leaks to uh, journalists and stuff like that, um, but yeah, I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say cans, but I'd definitely say get some in. I think we've all got a lot of cans in, Dave. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you any left though? That's the thing. I well, I actually. Uh, as I believe I mentioned on a previous pod, have signed up for the Beer 52 uh, promotion using the promo code NATA. And um, I have not regretted it. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, the, the big question, Paul, is it, it, there's a, a deposit been paid, but I can't find out how much that deposit was for. Is it, just, is it just a bit like? Is it just like when you take uh, when you borrow a pool cues in a pub? Yeah, it's <laughs> ten quid. <laughs> it's actually just your debit card. So it's Amanda Staveley's debit cards at the club, and yeah. you get it back once the club's sold. <laughs> Does, um, but yeah, that's a big deal. I, I don't know. It's a three hundred. It's three hundred million quid. The this deposit- feels like it is going to happen. It's hard to see what could go wrong now to stop it from happening well i think the stuff that isn't coming out is because of non-disclosure agreements right what what's gone on in the past sometimes what it certainly felt like is what's going on is these things brew around times when things like the general transfer window are going on or season ticket renewals What's the deal with season ticket renewals? Is that going on? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to imagine. A lot of fans, CIF fund a lot of fans have. Sorry, I was going to say a lot of the fans have had the money for season ticket renewals taken out of their accounts, which is another thing the club's not come out looking great about over this, mm-hmm. including Fermo with the staff and not going back on it. Yeah, considering it's it's we really really don't know what kind of a season 2021 is going to be or, yeah. or it's even going to exist. I mean, fuck knows what's actually going to happen in terms of football being played. But when football does return, we'll get onto the morals of it again in a minute. But when football does return, are we headed for being a, 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 a giant um, I, I wouldn't expect a Chelsea or a Man City style um, explosion 
I would anticipate, given the, the, the FFP rules and also where we are as a club, we're not going to be able to attract elite players to Newcastle United straight away because A, FFP means we just can't afford it. Um, and B, we're not going to be in European competition any time in the next couple of seasons. I'd be surprised if we managed to get it, you know, suddenly launch ourselves into the top five or six next season, unless, you know, I, I would just, it would be really, really unlikely. So what I would, what I would expect if these new owners have anything about them, they would look more to the Leicester model or Wolves or even to some degree like Spurs about five years ago, um, scout well, appoint the right manager, give them the tools to do the job, pump a load of money into the academy and the facilities and the, most importantly, the recruitment network, get that right. And then in a couple of years, we could be pushing the, the top clubs. The, the, will we be a giant? Who's to say in five years' time? I don't know. Like, look, look at where Man City were. They had a couple of mid-table seasons after the, the takeover, and then they were consistently pushing for Champions League and also competing for the title. So, I don't... Would, would we be a giant? We could certainly join that group of elite clubs with the right decisions made but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that I would expect more become you know how there's like a top six I'd expect that to become a top seven and for seven clubs to be punching their way towards a European spot be it Europa League or the Champions League if we can become the kind of club that can spend 40 million on a striker I don't think we've got anything to worry about. <laughs> the other thing to say is like financial fair play does prohibit us to an extent, but post coronavirus, there's no telling what might happen. There's every likelihood it's going to be a sport that's desperate for any money to come in by any means. Hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of Man City, Chelsea style spending is available, but I, I wouldn't want to see that. I think that, wouldn't necessarily work with us no I've yeah i was i was sort of assuming that uh the trouble that man city have got into recently before coronavirus all kicked off i was assuming that um that that would mean uh would make things more difficult for us if we were going to try and become the next man city well, but yeah maybe you're right maybe post coronavirus well i think as well their trouble wasn't FFP related, it was no. essentially perjury. It was lying about payments, I think, wasn't it? Uh, and yeah, but the, pay, the payments all... themselves were done because of trying to avoid FFP, right? But I think plenty of clubs do that, whether it's through commercial deals or anything. They just, it was lying about it afterwards. I think one thing that we've got to bear in mind is that um, FFP rules as they are now. Newcastle United, Newcastle United could spend an absolutely sickening amount of money um, because we've been run by Ashley as as, as profit making exercise. Whereas FFP is to stop clubs running consistently at a debt, and we haven't, so we've got a lot of leeway there. the The restrictions on wages are are important, and I think that that would stop us going crazy. 
Um, but you can make like a 10% increase in your wage, which is, works out to be about um, about 9 million quid a year, I think. So that's a, like three or four players on 60 to 70 grand a week, which isn't huge. And you can skirt around those FFP wages, wage rules by sh- proving that you can earn more than you're spending. So new commercial deals, new sponsorship deals and stuff like that can give us an extra bit of buffer. Isn't that where, I mean, this is far more uh, serious than the average Newcastle Matter pod. Isn't that where uh, image rights have come in? Isn't that? I don't know. I I, I, I don't know that. Seems like a lot of the big players get a lot of money in image rights, which is a sort of workaround. Maybe that's just a tax tax workaround. I I think that's for, um, for the individual, like retaining image rights is is a is a means that they can seek sponsorship and commercial partners outside of the club so um, i know what i mean what i mean is a lot of the top players seem to have on top of their weekly wage they give them a shitload of money for image rights oh, oh so they inflate the wages which is exactly it's a way of inflating their wages. I mean, it's great that we can look forward to these kind of opportunities. It, it's why we all follow football. It's <laughs> this what we is, got into this it for. <laughs> when, we, when we were little kids watching football, this is what we dreamt of. Talking about the uh, public invest, investment fund of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and Dad, Dad, do you think one day he, we might be able to see someone have their, their rights Really, really bulked up by a Saudi state. <laughs> Not in my <laughs> lifetime, son. <laughs> With zero prospect of any football actually taking place in the near <laughs> And when it when it does actually take place, to be taken to to go on on a fucking private island somewhere with no one able to actually see <laughs> it. Uh, oh. Yeah, what a incredible set of circumstances i know we've discussed this a couple of times before but you know it's it's it 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 comes as part of the package uh we're talking about this uh takeover and now that it looks really like it could well be happening i think we have to go there again there are you know there there are some moral issues aren't there are there not paul yes there definitely are. It's the thing. The Saudi, the PIF, are the investment arm of the Saudi royal family, basically, and it's or the Saudi regime, which is a regime that is particularly intolerant of homosexuals and women, and they are currently bombing the shit out of Yemen, including hospitals and schools. So it's not. They're not squeaky clean. No. Uh, far from it. And, uh, no, yeah, God, I, couldn't, I can't think of the end of that sentence. Go on, Dave. Go on, defend them. I know you want to. Go on, defend the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to criticise the Saudi regime. I think it's vital that a spotlight is shone on them and they are held account for their crimes by those in power, politicians, well, governments, international courts, etc. I don't think it's realistic to ask football fans of a parochial club in England to hold 
the PIF and by extension the Saudi regime to account when it's got not like it's got nothing to do with them. It's got nothing to do with the football. And I'm not one of these saying keep politics out of football, but it's genuinely you can't expect you know Billy from Biker to take a moral stand against the, the Saudi regime by jacking in his season ticket and and leaving the club that he's supported for decades before they were they joined and will support them after the Saudis have gone when the government that he you know his his country is led by is engaging in illegal arms sales to them when companies are quite happy to do business with them it's it's not what about to point out the the hypocrisy of journalists demanding action by the the Newcastle fans demanding that we protest because it's awful it's not right like those journalists should be going after the people with actual power to make actual change not 52,000 Geordies, it's it's not on and it's it shouldn't be it's not our responsibility the only way we can influence international relations is by voting for a party that you know aligns with our political views but is it is it like look, I, I think everything he's just said is is uh, reasonable and you know I I don't I, I'm very conflicted about the whole thing, and I think ultimately, like I've said before, I, I don't think I'm going to be able. To, if, if things start going well, I think I'm going to be able to quite easily put aside, put my feelings about the Saudi Arabian government to one side and enjoy us competing at a level that we haven't competed at for a long time. I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly happy to admit that, like, I can. Like just being, like being a person living in today's world, which means one, like everything is sort of interconnected, and two, we know about all this stuff all the time. Like almost every decision we make is a, uh, is a, a like, is morally dubious. You know, in terms of like, you know, one of the tabs open on my laptop right now is is Amazon. You know, I'd, I'd like take deliveries from out, and I, you know, I would say Amazon probably aren't quite as bad as the Saudi as the Saudi Arabian regime, but what they're doing globally is not good. So, yes, and but, and Twitter is um, uh, partly, if not majorly, major, majorly owned by Saudis. So, is that right? Yeah. So we're all we're all making either moral judgments on how they impact our day-to-day life or how convenient it is to use the service. We all do it. It's, hypocr- it's, it's a lie to say that we don't. And I think it's... My, my take is, look, I'm supporting Newcastle United and I will continue to support Newcastle United and the owners of that club, if they're throwing money at the club and making us successful and all the rest of it, then I'm more likely to enjoy the games. So fine. If another branch of that entity is committing atrocities elsewhere i can still criticize them i can still say they're appalling i don't have to like i i like that but they're involved so now i can't like that anymore i I don't i don't that doesn't work in my head i'm quite happy to say that the saudi regime is disgusting i'll have the money the thing the thing that uh one i'll say from what I've seen, and I'm sure there have been journalists attacking Newcastle supporters, but 
in general, it is also, I think a lot of Newcastle supporters are being quite defensive about the situation. Yeah. And it is the journalist's job to, uh, to ask questions about, do we want these kind of people and this kind of money in our football? And that's not, that's not an attack on Newcastle fans. Them asking those questions is an inconvenience for Newcastle fans who've been desperate for some kind of investment and passion in our club. And it's, and so I can understand where the defensiveness comes from, but when Mm. you've got Newcastle fans out there, like suddenly reading up on the, the PR from Saudi Arabia to find ways of defending them, and like, uh, well, well, actually, they're very much liberalising their uh, yeah. society. This is, yeah, you know. that's, that's mean, where I, it falls down for me as well. Because I've there was no, there was nothing wrong with holding the two views at the same time that the Saudi regime was bad, but Newcastle getting taken over and becoming essentially the richest club in the world is good. They are they are two views you can hold at the same time. There's no problem with that. And it shouldn't be incumbent on Newcastle fans to be the moral arbiters of everything because we're powerless in this situation. It's not like there was a choice of three owners and we've chosen this one, if it even happens. And as well, it's a bit rich when it's happening to a lesser extent across the league and nobody's boycotting the Premier League. And they're not even calling on Newcastle players to take a stand. It seems to just come on to the people who have the least power in the scenario. But the bit that does stick in my craw is like you were saying, it's Newcastle fans suddenly with the Saudi flag on their avatar and yeah. just chum- like they're sports washing for they're not sports washing to get the people of Newcastle behind the Saudi state. It doesn't matter whether we like them or not. They're sports washing to get their own brand globally cleaned. Yeah, yeah. I think Amnesty had a a good take on this, which allows me to support Newcastle and be fine and not have to do too much which i'm quite happy with but they basically said newcastle fans should just make themselves more aware of what's going on in saudi arabia and spread that news and i think that's considering how little power we have that's probably not a bad way of looking at it but i think trying to get into bed with the regime and defending it because they own your football club is where it becomes morally untenable yeah, I think yeah what we'd hope, what we'd hope is, is if they're intending for this to be a sort of sports washing thing, which I'm sure they are, this phrase that we've all learned in you know the last I don't know couple of years, uh, then let's not aid that by um, yeah, by spouting their lines. You know, let's make that more tricky by. Uh, meaning that there's there's more of a light. The fact that they've come into our football means that there's more on the light, more of a light on what they're yeah. doing wrong. But you know, they, they, I'm not saying that the average fan needs to think through all of that. It's just maybe don't start going to games with the Saudi flag, and maybe yeah. don't start defending, especially if you've spent the last ten years as part of your attacks on Mike Ashley talking about what a morally horrible man he is and how terrible it is how he treats his workers at Sports Direct, all of which is true, but, you know, it it casts serious doubt on your uh, motives for that if suddenly you turn around the next day 
and uh, start talking about like, well, actually, what's going on in Yemen is a little different to what you think. <laughs> yeah. So what- I think as well, if you're uncomfortable with it, you don't have to stop supporting Newcastle. Like you can take those other measures, like fund a rainbow flag to be unveiled at the ground or something. We've already yeah. got one. Things like that, it's small measures that point to that get picked up in articles where it suddenly shines a light on their abuses and the contradiction of what fans are doing. That's the only power we really have in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been on Twitter, like, pushing back at the journalists that have been calling out Newcastle Doesn't fans. sound like you do. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my point throughout all of this is, uh, has been, sorry, that it's not on us to um, explain why this sale has gone through or to defend the process or to make excuses. It's not on us to do that. I think Paul's right. I think if we if we can raise awareness of what's going on in Saudi Arabia and in the Yemen, I think that's a real valuable um, and um, worthwhile approach to, to it. But I, I do think that... We're not. We shouldn't be the target of investigation and interrogation. I think that should be the people who do hold power, the FA and the PL, the Premier League, have within their power to say no. We're not going to allow this because of the things that you've been accused of or have been. I don't know. Not proving guilty because I don't think you could prove them guilty. But you know what I mean. Like we're not having it. They could do that. Yeah. The British government could step in and say, actually, we're not going to have a foreign power um, who executes people for being homosexual or beats them or whatever. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things we don't have to prove them guilty of. I think I think it's quite yeah. a lot of their executions are televised. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so but, this um, is my thing. It's like, yeah, don't, it's, don't hold us to account because we have no power. Hold power to account because they could do something about it. Sure. It's... It, it, it's it's all part of being a human now, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's well, no one's clean. Like, like you were saying, I use Amazon. I go on Twitter. I've used an Uber. I own Nike trainers. I, you know, all of these companies are, I, are morally. I murder home. I murder homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all do. You know these like conflicted things you know that's just part of being alive isn't it you know? I think the tricky thing with this is though this is the regime that is morally the worst to become involved in football so it's like there are equivalents and you can say well we're, nobody's clean to an extent but this is it's a new level oh yeah I mean we're swapping a, I think I've, I've read it somewhere that we're swapping a, a Dickensian villain for a Bond villain and I, I totally agree it's, yeah. it is it is an extension that means that any comparison feels a bit foolish even even if it's coming out of my mouth my my point was just that we all make you know moral judgments like how much do i care about that how much do i care about x or y Uh, or is this just nice and convenient that i'm still going to use amazon because it's really handy like yeah i'm still going to drive a car even though the people producing the oil that goes in the petrol are murderers like I still do it because maybe I'll be able to. Maybe it'll mean now if I start paying money towards Newcastle United under this regime, then maybe I'll feel less guilty about um, 
going into a sports director by tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what this is all about. Yeah. I think the other thing as well is as a club, we need some level of takeover from the level we've been underfunded and the infrastructure of the club. And just like Mike Ashley, we always said he's not going to be here forever. These new owners won't be here forever. But the good thing about sports washing is it tends to leave you with pretty good facilities for whoever comes in afterwards. And then we can get back to feeling morally a bit more balanced. But then it also may leave us with um, a, a, a 35-year-old Neymar on 600 grand a week <laughs> in, le- in, in League One. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so, I, well, should we have a break now? Let's have a break. Let's have a Let's break. Have a break. Okay. Enjoy your break, guys. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. I don't know if there's anything else to clean up, but what I do know is that, Paul, you have compiled a quiz for myself and Dave. Oh, yeah. Last last, uh, podcast, I think it was, I had a quiz for Dave and Paul, which I stole from NUFC.com. Uh, Paul, you've compiled a quiz of your own, I believe. Yes. Uh, Dave, I think you won the last quiz by one point. It was very yeah. close, and I was very impressed by both of you. I don't fancy my chances versus you, Dave, but I'm also very glad that you're not the person who's compiled this quiz. <laughs> Well, it's been geared a bit more towards you, Fergus. So they're all questions about the series off the record. (laughs) Fantastic. That's not true. It's it's a straight Newcastle quiz. Good, good. All right. That'll be the new owners. Let's do it. If we were the sort of people who'd ever put any kind of effort into this podcast beyond the bare minimum, then... Uh, we would have some tense music playing right now. But instead, we're all recording this on our shitty little phones and our shitty little houses. So take it away, Paul. (laughs) Very good. That's my tense bed. Okay, question one. Which two players of the class of 92 have played for Newcastle? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Can I just ask, how are we doing this again? 
We're writing your answers down. We're doing the answers at the end. There's ten questions. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, so the class of 92 is the Man U team or squad that won the 92 Youth Cup or League, whichever it was. Two of their players played for Newcastle. Are we ready for the next one? Yep. Bobby Robson's first game in charge was an 8-0 win against who? Okay. Too easy. Too In his 10 seasons at Newcastle, how many was Alan Shearer the team's top scorer? Ooh. I should clarify with all of these, I'm not sure they're right. But I hope <laughs> they are. And that should be enough. Okay. It's a good one, that. In the game in which Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer were sent off for fighting... One other Newcastle player was also sent off. Who was it? Oh, shit. Dave, you know that, don't you? Very much so. It's a was memorable that? sending off. One of the oh, worst shit. games I've ever been to in my life. Oh, you were, were fucking you there? there. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Oh, God. Embarrassing. Yeah. Ready for the next one? Question yes, five. but I don't feel confident about any of this. <laughs> <laughs> In Rafa Benitez's final game, we won 4-0. But who did we beat? Uh, Question six. Yeah. How many goals have Newcastle's four strikers, Joel Linton, Andy Carroll, Dwight Gale and Muto, scored between them this season? <laughs> All competitions. Uh, in the league. I, I don't think league. it matters either way, to be honest. <laughs> I think it does. Uh, well, let's say the league then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In Newcastle's famous 5-1 win over Sunderland, which former Newcastle player played for Sunderland that day? Oh, fuck. Still too easy, Dave. (laughs) Repeat the question. In Newcastle's famous 5-1 win over Sunderland, which former Newcastle player played for Sunderland that day? Sort of it. It's fine. Got it. Yeah. Fuck, you're gonna absolutely bat <laughs> I mean, I could see that coming, but okay. Question eight. I said, I'm just the host. I don't really know anything. You're just the eye candy. You're here to get the women in. That's right. <laughs> Question eight. Which loan signing was cited as the reason for Kevin Keegan's constructive dismissal? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And after his retirement, who took Alan Shearer's number nine shirt? So which striker was the next to wear the number nine? 
final question. Go on. In the famous four-all draw with Arsenal, everyone yeah. remembers Czech Teote's goal. Who were the other scorers for Newcastle? And it's okay. one point for getting all of them right. One point for getting all three. Yes. And a bonus question. Which former Newcastle player do I think takes best care of his lawn? Okay. Just a hunch. Say it again. Which former, <laughs> Which former player do I have a hunch takes the best care of his lawn? That's just a bonus one for now. That's not in the quiz. Any guesses? I've got one in my head, yeah. Go for it. Do you want me to go for that now? Yeah. Uh, I think David Batty. Ooh. Ooh I'm sort of close. I was going to say uh, Kevin Gallagher. Both good guesses. I was going to go Shearer. But they've okay. got similar energy. I feel like Shearer's got somebody else who takes care of his lawn. He wouldn't. He's too proud. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. There's only way, one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. answers. Okay, just go ask each question again, and I'll, I'll give you my answer. I can't. I wasn't writing anything down, so just you know, right. go. I'll, I'll, I'll go first on each one, and then Dave can reveal okay. the fucking answer. Which two players from the class of '92 have played for Newcastle? Okay, so I've got definitely Nicky Bart. Yes. And the other one I've I've got is Keith Gillespie. Correct. Is that what you've got, Dave? Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Bobby Robson's first game was an 8-0 win against who? I'm going Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it was Chef Wednesday. In his 10 seasons at Newcastle, how many was Shearer the team's top scorer? I'm going to go six. I went eight. I've got ten. No, that's no. definitely not true. That's wrong. Well, he, this is what one season John Barnes was top goal scorer. I know. Yeah, that is true. John Barnes was top. There's at yeah, least. I didn't. Shearer had some major injuries. I know, but this was in part of the answers for it. Let me. I should have double-checked this one. This is bollocks. Right, let's get this up. Apologies for this, listeners. We might cut this out. No, no, I'm looking on... Right, I'm looking on Sporkle. Play quiz and then give up and it'll reveal the oh, you're right, there is a There is a John Barnes one. So you're right. Yeah, I'm all there is, John Barnes one. Yes, it's still nine. I've got 2000, zero, 2000. Oh, yeah. There's Solana. Right. So it is eight, Dave. I mean, I'll take it, but I'm looking on the Wikipedia and it shows the top goal scorer. And in the season that, uh, the 97 98 season where John Barnes was top was seven, Alan Shearer got seven. And in the oh. 2000 2001 season, Carl Court, Alan Shearer, and Norberto Solano all got seven. So it is ten if you don't just make it league. And I never specified league in the question, so you can. No, that's find. not league. That's that's all of them. Yeah, that's all, what I mean. all competitions. Yeah. 
I'm so I'm going to I'm going to take a point. So it's ten. I don't think you get one. I'm very confused by 97, 98 because that season Shearer didn't even get three league goals. Cup games. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Right. Who else? Question four. Who else was sent off in that game when Boyer and Dai were sent off? Okay. Dave knows. Uh, so I'm going to put in a guess of Titus Bramble. No, it's a very famous handball. Oh, it's the Stephen Taylor. Yes. I was going to say Stephen Taylor, and then I was going to oh fucking hell. I was going to say it's it's <laughs> this it's the one where he goes down like he's been shot. Yeah, I was going to say Stephen game. Taylor, and then and then I thought, oh no, was he was he a starter as long far back as then? And he was shit. Okay, fair enough. Fine, fine. Question five: Who did we beat four nil in Benitez's final game? I actually don't know this. Spurs. Was it Fulham? It was Fulham. Oh. Remember, there were boats going up the Thames full of Geordies to get there because it was the last away game of the season. Okay. Okay, how many goals have Newcastle's four strikers got between them this season? I'm going one. Yeah, I've gone one. Yeah, it's one. <laughs> That's so depressing. What a great goal it was. Yeah. Joe bonus point. Who was it? Against Joe Linton against Spurs. Was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And bonus point, who got the assist? <laughs> was it Andy? It wasn't Andy Camp, was it? No. Really? Christian Atsu. Okay. Jesus Christ, Paul. <laughs> Good assist. Are you keeping the points here? I know Dave's no. winning. Dave won. Let's. Okay, question I seven. I not been too bad, actually. All right, keep your score, then. All right. Well, I don't know. That's your responsibility. No, it's I ran this quiz last time. Okay, question seven. On. In the 5-1 win, five, win over Sunderland, which former Newcastle player played for Sunderland? Now, I feel like both... I've got... Dave, I think, knows. But I feel like both of them... I've got... The two I can think of, I think, played Sunderland further back. I'm going to go Andy Cole. No. Okay. You mentioned him earlier in a different answer. It's Titus Bramble. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, which Um, loan... Question eight, which loan signing was cited as reason for Keegan's constructive dismissal? I've forgotten his name. Was it? It was a Spanish midfielder. Because it wasn't Cisco. It was. Was he called um, Gonzalez? He was Nacho Gonzalez. He's Uruguayan, not Spanish. They all. They're all the Come same. Come on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not split hairs. Did you say Gonzalez? Is Gonzalez your answer, Dave? Yeah. Okay. Well done. Thanks. Okay, which striker wore the number nine shirt after Shearer's retirement? I'll answer first because I think I've got it wrong. Okay, go on. Martins. Say that again? Obafemi Martins. 
Okay. My thinking was I was I was wondering whether it was Owen, but I think he stayed number ten. So, and I was I was going to go Martins as well. You're both right. Ooh. Yeah. So Dave, you've got all of them right apart from the Shearer one, even though you Which awarded I'm, yourself a point for that. Yeah, I'm still taking it. Well, I don't think that's how quizzes work, Dave. Well, because if you if you this isn't a protection you, racket where you just come in and say I'm having the points. In a list of 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 goal scorers in those two seasons, he doesn't come first. He comes joint second or joint third. Hang on, this is getting into a bit. He's not yeah. 27 until he's 28. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is bullshit. It's not. I'm accurate. Uh, and Paul, 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 you, would you say that I'm doing quite well as well? Yes, you're doing very well, Fergus. We're all really proud of you. Okay, thank you, Paul. Let's keep going. Final question in the wait, 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 draw. wait, 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 wait. Before you ask that final question, Fergus, what's your point t- total at the minute? I've got no idea. Okay, I think you got. I didn't get the full. I didn't get the Fulham one, and you got I didn't four get... out of nine. No, five out of nine. What? You didn't get. You got the. You didn't get the Shearer one. You didn't get Stephen Taylor. You didn't get Fulham. You didn't get Titus Bramble. Yeah, but you know what I did get? <laughs> the respect. The respect. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, final one. Who else scored <laughs> that four all draw? Wow, I'm fucking out. Okay, I've got um, Joey Barton definitely. <laughs> he got two. Was it Leon Best? Yeah. Was it yes. Leon Best? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, fine. Because I had Barton and Best. So you got right, six okay. out of ten. Okay. Well done. Dave, you got nine. Hmm. Did I though? Did I not yes. get ten? No, you didn't. I think I got ten. Again, this is this is feeling very protection rackety. Would it be a shame if I was to have an accident? Well, I think I did it. I, I think I did very well, and I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. So, um, can you do another quiz now, please? <laughs> do you want it about Trotsky or something like that? To be honest, I actually don't know that much about Trotsky, Dave. It's your turn to write one, where Dave. he died and how. If, if someone would like to do a quiz on the female pussy. <laughs> As opposed to the male one. <laughs> I think, I think I'd, I'd do pretty well on that, guys. <laughs> Oh, a bit of lockdown blue. Yeah. Lockdown blue. That's the title. Boom. <laughs> Wasn't it blue who had, who had the city on lockdown? Coincidence? Yes. I think so. It was. Um, okay. To be fair to blue oh. as well, they seem to do it quite easily compared to the struggles other major cities have had. Maybe we should have been looking to them. Uh, well, since uh, I brought us on to the subject of the boy band Blue, um, uh, I have a contact in the music industry, and uh, he told me that throughout the period of their fame, 
that all the other members of Blue was Lee from Blue was so mental that all the other members from from Blue lived in constant fear that they he could end all of their careers at any moment. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. I don't okay. know what to do with that information, but I've enjoyed it. No. Sorry, as, as I started it, I thought, I'm not sure I can pay off that well with this. So I apologise. But Dave, it's your turn to come up with a quiz for the next part. Oh, and please God. please remember it's not a quiz for you, so we, we need ones that are answerable. I mean, you and I both know I'm just going to go on NUSC.com about 15 minutes before the pod starts and just ask the questions from that. Dave. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking at the NUFC one right now. I mean, I could just do it to you both right now. <laughs> don't, don't, they don't, I think we have to think of the listeners here. And their sure. Okay, but like this quid is. I, I don't think I know any of the answers to this. <laughs> is that bad? I, 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 yeah. It's okay, throw us a couple then. Go on. Well, this is one that I should get. But oh, I've forgotten. Ex-Magpie loan defender Danny Simpson appeared for which EFL club in the 2019-20 season? Ooh. Mm. Forest? Leicester? It wasn't Leicester. Oh, wrong season. I don't know the answer. I mean, I can Google it. But... Here's a good one. Kevin Keegan's Just Love It comments in April 1996 came after a 1-0 win at which stadium? Was was Forest Stadium. That's what I was thinking was Forest. It might have been Elland Road. Because I was wondering, was it, were we getting mixed up because we were talking about... Because he says he's got to go to Middlesbrough, doesn't he? Yeah. No, no, no he says he's got to go to Leeds. Doesn't he? He's got to go to Leeds. I think oh. it might be Leeds. Okay. Well, well, I don't actually have the answers, but you know, we can all easily look up this shit. I think what we're learning here is one of the crucial ingredients to a quiz is answers. Is someone knowing the answers? Yeah. I've just checked, and it we it was um, at Leeds. Okay. There you go. And they've also got a picture question where we have to name the player. Do you want me to just describe his face? Describe the picture, his face. He's wearing a palace shirt. (laughs) Um, No, we'll leave that. I'll leave that. So uh, I've got to say, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, to everyone out there, wherever you are in the world, I hope that you're coping uh, as well as can be expected. And uh, I hope that one day we'll all be able to join together and um, sing We Are The World together, holding <laughs> Uh But, you know, in the meantime, look after yourselves. That goes to the uh, Newcastle National listeners, and it goes to both of you. Thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave Watson. Cheers, Fergus. All right, see you. Bye. Bye.
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.